Just imagine the mightiest heroes of our time. All of them on one team. The Fire and Water Network proudly presents JLU Cast. Hello and welcome to JLU Cast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, covering the Justice League Unlimited animated series. I'm one of your hosts, Cindy Franklin. And I'm Chris Franklin, and once again we are joined by a special guest who is just perfect for this episode. Not only is he one of our network's founding fathers, he happens to co-host a show called Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water podcast, and for all mankind, a Super Friends podcast. You'll see why both of those shows are important to our discussion today in just a bit. Please welcome the hardest working man in podcasting. He probably just produced two shows during this introduction. That's our buddy Rob Kelly. Hey, Rob. (laughs) Howdy, Chris. Howdy, Cindy. Yeah, I just finished editing a show as you were recording that, so yeah. (laughs) I believe it. <laughs> I had it on mute. I just did it by 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 odd, you know. <laughs> it just did it that way. So, hey, baby, Rob is being cloned. Like, Aww, <laughs> there you go. when one wears out, he's just replaced, and they poured his brain over. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm the, the the next one. Better get ready. I'm feeling kind of worn out, but uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, we are here to discuss the episode Ultimatum that originally aired December 4th, 2004. The story was by Dwayne McDuffie with a teleplate by J.M.D. Mateus, so you know this is a good one. Uh, directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, music by Christopher Carter in our cast. We had Kevin Conroy as Batman, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, George Newbern as Superman, Scott Rummel returning as Aquaman, James Sy as Windragon. Greg Rainwater as Long Shadow, Tim Matheson as Maxwell Lord, Greg Delisle as Downpour and Shifter, CCH Pounder as Amanda Waller, and another character we'll get into later, Jennifer Hale as Giganta, and Robert Foxworth as Professor Hamilton. When an offshore drilling platform drills too deep, the indigenous lava creatures below respond and attack. Aquaman calls in Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman for an assist, but their thunder is stolen by a group of new heroes called the Ultimen. Wind Dragon, who can control weather, Juice, electricity, Long Shadow, who can grow to enormous sizes, and Twins, Downpour, who can take the shape of water and Shifter, the form of any animal. Despite some of the young heroes making some snarky comments about the Leaguers being a bit old, they once again turn down Wonder Woman's offer to join the League, with Windragon citing they are not quite ready to join the August group. The eager Longshadow seems to be the only one disappointed. Later, the Ultimen relax at their penthouse HQ atop a large skyscraper. Their manager, Maxwell Lord, assures them that their popularity in merchandise sales will only continue to increase. I'm in notes to the team. Max has a conversation with interested parties about Wind Dragon's heretofore unknown freezing powers he displayed on the oil rig. On the Watchtower, the Leaguers discuss the young heroes with Superman suspicious of their glory-grabbing motivations and Batman leery of their association with overzealous capitalist Maxwell Lord. Wonder Woman believes the team has potential and learns this firsthand when Longshadow helps her stop Giganta and Bizarro from breaking Grodd out of prison. Later, Longshadow shares with Diana how he was given growth hormones by his scientist parents to compensate for his overly small and weak body. He tells her his mother has passed away, but his father is now retired. Tired. Long Shadow receives a call that he and the Ultiman are to come in for some routine medical tests to see where Wind Dragon's new powers emerged from. While the Ultiman are laid up in medical beds, Max discusses their results with Professor Hamilton. The entire team's cellular structures are degenerating. Amanda Waller steps out from the shadows and tells them to proceed with their plans despite Max's misgivings. 
Overhearing all of this and the name Cadmus is Longshadow, who has apparently developed advanced hearing. Later, the team sneaks out of their quarters and past the building security to uncover a frightening secret. Clones of themselves floating in large tanks. When Waller finds the Ultimen missing, she orders Hamilton to shut down their operation there and for Max to find them and bring them in. They find Max first, and Windragon and the twins threaten his life if he doesn't reveal the truth behind what they saw. Max tells them everything, how they are artificial life forms created to be superheroes loyal to the U.S. government, unlike the Justice League. All the memories of their past and family are fake implants with actors playing the parts of the relatives they have interacted with in their short one year of life. Worst of all, they are all dying, to replace with new cloned bodies and memories ported over. The Ultimen return to their former home, and unable to find any trace of Cadmus, begin tearing the building apart, despite Long Shadow's protest of the building's other residents and office workers. He begins rescuing the endangered civilians when the Leaguers arrive to help, but the rest of the Ultimen don't want any help, and with their minds suffering from their cellular breakdown, attack their teammate and his new super friends. <laughs> Despite their powers, the Ultimen are no match for the experienced Leaguers, although Windragon nearly succeeds in suffocating Superman until Longshadow reminds him that the Man of Steel was once his hero and inspired him to be one too. He and the others stand down, and the Leaguers escort them to the waiting Special Crimes Unit. But before they can be taken away, Waller and a military envoy arrive, demanding the Ultimen be placed in their custody. Max tries to smooth over Waller's harsh demands, telling his former charges he'll do everything to make their last days as comfortable as possible. But the Leaguers refuse to let them take Long Shadow with them. A standoff occurs with guns pointed and heroes standing defiantly. Batman demands to know who Waller is and who she's working for. But despite standing down, she warns the Dark Knight not to pry too much and calls him Rich Boy. The League takes a stunned Long Shadow to the Watchtower and welcomes him to the Justice League. Okay, guys, so clearly, at least for people of our generation, the Ultimen are homages to original creations from the Super Friends animated series, particularly the ethnic heroes created to give the Justice League some much-needed diversity, and their sidekicks, uh, their second set of sidekicks slash young heroes in training, the Wonder Twins. So uh, we have Wind Dragon uh, equaling Samurai, Long Shadow equals Apache Chief, Juice equals Black Vulcan, and Shifter and Downpour equal the Wonder Twins, Zan and Jaina. Now, Rob, we know you prefer Wendy and Marvin to the Wonder Twins, which I really can't explain. Uh, but... <laughs> the only the only difference you and I really have, because the only argument we've ever had. Yes, that's right. That's where we would disagree. Uh, yeah, uh, but but you've mentioned it on For All Mankind since the Twins did join the comic. Uh, the other new heroes did not since E. Nelson Bridwell instead created what would become the Global Guardians. So what are your thoughts on the Super Friends versions of these characters, Samurai, Apache Chief, and Black Vulcan? I got to tell you, when I watched this episode, when it aired, you know, brand new, right? I remember watching it, you know, as it was sort of airing live. And it's that opening scene. I was like, oh, cool, Aquaman's in this one. Awesome, right? And then, like, those lava creatures, you know, come and start attacking Batman and Aquaman. And then Superman and Wonder Woman join in, and they all stand in a little circle. And I'm like, oh, hey, it's the original Super Friends. You know, I just caught it in that moment, right? I was like, oh, that's cool. And then when the other character showed up, I went, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm ahead of a children's cartoon. I'm so smart. Uh, but, uh, you know what's funny? For the longest time, I've watched this. I've seen this particular episode more than some of the other ones. And every time I've watched it, I was always disappointed that they weren't just 
the original characters, you know, because it was like, oh, come on, Hanna-Barbera. What are you doing with them? You know what I mean? Like, what do you guys have big plans for El Dorado or something? But then when I watched it again for the for the purposes of this episode, I completely flipped on that. I was like, no, 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 no. This story doesn't work with those with those established characters. It's better just to leave them and create new ones. So I I don't know why I was so anti that up until this point. But when I see it now, like, no, I'm glad that they're all new versions. And it's it's a nice nod if you get it. But it works completely on its own if you don't. Did did you like the the ethnic super friends, for lack of a better term, uh, back when you were a kid? I mean, did you like Samurai, Apache Chief, and Black Vulcan? I did. I was confused as to why they weren't in the comic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As a kid, you don't understand the different. You know, you're just kind of isn't it all just one big thing? But of course, it isn't. But I know I liked them quite a bit. I really, you know, I really liked El Dorado. He was kind of my favorite. I thought he had the coolest set of skills and he wasn't in it that much no he wasn't like a regular like samurai apache chief and black vulcan so it was always like wait why does he only show up every so often but uh no i actually liked them all quite a bit and i wished you know at the time when the superpowers line had come out like i wish they had done figures for all of them and stuff i I, know i was totally on board with them i thought they were cool yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I liked him too. Um, I think El Dorado came out a little bit later. I think Samurai Apache Chief and Black Vulcan first showed up in the all-new Super Friends Hour, which was essentially the second version of the Super Friends. And then El Dorado came out, like, I think in the 1980 season after Challenge and everything, you know. So that's why he's not in Challenge of the Super Friends. But... Uh, what did you, did you like them when you were a kid, Cindy? Oh, yeah. My favorite was Apache Chief. Like, I used to pretend I was an Apache Chief. Yeah. <laughs> in that shock. Yeah. I did. Because think about it. I was tiny. I mean, I was really, really short, and I liked the idea of being able to grow, you know? So I was like, and I'm still really short, but still, you know, I was really short when I was young. So, but that's who I wanted, you know, I was Wonder Woman, and I was Apache Chief. No, there you go. That's cool. Uh, well, it, you know. It says something about your inherent goodness, Cindy, that you wanted to be Apache Chief not Giganta for that same reason, right? You wanted to grow, but you didn't want to be the villain. Exactly, exactly. That's true, yeah. Yeah, which we'll get into Giganta later, obviously, in this one. Uh, Yeah, you know, and and Rob, you said that about, like, you wish they were in the toys. Of course, Samurai, he didn't make it into the Superpowers line, and there was a prototype of El Dorado. Uh, So, yeah, we almost got El Dorado if the line had continued. So it breaks my heart. I know it's so I'm, I'm, cool. and right now I'm looking up at the uh the DC Universe classic figures which they released all those characters in that in that line the Super Friends characters you know so and not the not the Ultimate version the Super Friends version mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so yeah the lava men we see in this episode that you mentioned Rob uh their design kind of reminds me a bit of uh the uh character Magma from the Batman Beyond episode Heroes mm-hmm. was the thing pastiche. Yeah, that you know took off on the you know the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four yeah. yeah, to in in a very in a very depressing ending. Oh, <laughs> I mean that that one. The, they read that uh, the 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 Superman comic with the uh, the Fantastic Four homage with the the Hank Henshaw that ended up being the cyborg Superman. Oh, and they yeah, said, yeah. "Here, hold my beer. Uh, we'll make this even more depressing." Uh, so <laughs> now Rob Aquaman is working with the league here, which I don't know. It's kind of surprising based on how kind of un, <laughs> unteam friendly he was somewhat in, in previous outings, but he just, he seems to just be, I mean, yeah, he does bring up, you know, the fact that the idiot people have dug into 
the the uh, the Earth's core, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it just I, th- I thought I thought it was a little little odd based on what we've seen of Aquaman on the show that that he's he's a little more super friendly in, in this one with the league. It seems. What do you think? Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, um, but there's tons of things that we're not seeing on this show because like all these characters know each other you know yeah. like on the JLU they all know each other like wait a minute when did they meet so obviously they have all had re- adventures together or at very least connections that we're not seeing so all right at some point Aquaman is kind of shruggingly like all right I accept the rest of you people I mean that's kind of my attitude on the network it's the same sort of thing it's like all right I, I need to have you people around fine that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. And as you pointed out, I mean, it's pretty, you know, th- yes, this is our four, the four greatest heroes created from the cosmic legends of the universe, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, too bad Ted Knight was dead by this point. They would have had him, they could have had him do like a little voice or something. Would have been great. Meanwhile, at the ultimate headquarters or, you know, uh, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, or William, what was William Woodson doing? You know, he was the second guy, right? So, <laughs> uh, maybe he was going too. I do miss Robin. You know, I wish, I wish we could have, me and mm. Cindy keep saying, where's Tim Drake's Robin? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish we would have had Robin in here just to, to make it absolutely perfect for the Super mm-hmm. Friends connection. But nah, I think at this point they were already not allowed to use Batman characters beyond Batman. Uh, because oh, so of silly. the it's Batman, so silly. I know. And well, pretty <laughs> soon we're not going to be able to use Aquaman and Aquaman yeah. characters because of the Aquaman Mercy Reef pilot. So, oh yeah, that's a live action thing. Why is that matter? <laughs> it's just so. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I couldn't help it. I, I, you know, the idea of the humans drilling into the earth and then upsetting the indigenous species of underground dwellers mm-hmm. reminded me of Superman and the Mole Man. You know, so, but uh, they weren't little, you know, they didn't have a vacuum cleaner that they used as a ray gun, but, you know. Well, it's kind of like. Oh, go ahead, Sydney. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just kind of thinking, you know, it's the whole, whole business about, you know, when you do stuff, it's like, F around and find out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What was you going to say, Rob? Oh, I was just going to say that, like, they could have made figures of the molten guys. Like, I know that everything was molds, right? You always had to use a mold they already had. Yeah, it was so expensive, but they could have used the clay face mold yep. on the Batman, the animated series, like a squeezable molten guy. And like, you know, because they all shoot the lava out their mouth. Blah, yeah. they, they just could have, you know, just put some new paint on those guys and made a bunch of molten creatures. That would have been cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I did notice, though, Aquaman's very concerned about them, you know, uh, you know, disrupting their environment, but he doesn't mind slicing one of those guys in half. With yeah. his he slices him in half. You do what you got to do. I mean, they're they're molten lava. It's all right. It's fine. They'll reform together. They're like those. Uh, what was those Manglore figures that they advertised in the eighties that you're supposed to be able to rip apart and put back? Yeah, together? yeah, yeah. Right. You could just smoosh them back together. Again. Yeah, but they didn't work. That was one. The one toy my mom was like, "Yeah, that's that's a rip. I'm not buying you that. There's no way that works." <laughs> oh, there was actually something your mom told you no about. Yeah, there actually was. Happy huh, day. <laughs> Oh, sick burn. Yeah. Not sick burn, sick truth. Yeah. He was very poiled. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so Aquaman, I'm changing the subject. So Aquaman responds, not them again. So uh, obviously they've met these guys before. 
Uh, and most of them, aside from Wonder Woman, seem instantly kind of annoyed by them, which I think is funny. So, mm. <laughs> uh, in our voice cast for the Ultimate, we have Wind Dragon, who is voiced by James Sy. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he played a general in our season opener initiation. He is best known for the Apple TV Plus series Stillwater and the voice of Jackie Chan on the animated Jackie Chan Adventures, because I guess Jackie Chan couldn't be bothered to voice himself mm. on there. So, uh, Greg Rainwater voices Long Shadow, and he is probably best remembered for playing Running Buck on The Young Riders, which is a show I used to watch. Right, me too. Back in the day. Uh, he also voices Ty Long Shadow on Young Justice, and that series has also done their take on these characters, the Super Friends characters translated through the Ultimate characters. Right. Uh, they've done their own version on that. And I have not watched the new seasons of Young Justice since it came back, but I remember watching that with Andrew. So, uh, Gray Delisle, uh, Griffin, she's Griffin now, Gray Griffin now, but she voices both Shifter and Downpour. Uh, she is one of the most prolific voice actors working today, having voiced Daphne, on just about every iteration of Scooby-Doo for the last two decades, and also plays Wonder Woman on DC Superhero Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's got a regular DC gig going. Uh, Juice is surprisingly voiced by someone we'll get into later, which I was kind of shocked to see, but we'll do that later. Uh, so when Superman gets encased in magma, Wind Dragon tells Juice that he, when he was a lad, Superman used to be his hero, and it's not his fault he's getting old, uh, th <laughs> then when Supes breaks free, he asks old, and he says, old but spry, sir, old but spry. So this is a cute gag because it shows Wind Dragon is a bit cocky, and I think it may be a subtle self-dig by Tim and crew at their not-so-Superman moments in season one, mm. maybe a little bit. But here's the question I have to ask. How long have the heroes been around in this universe? Because... I know these guys have only really been around for a year. Right. Uh, and alive for a year. But they're young, you know, So, it, it, but they still would have had to have been like, Superman would have had to have been around for like 10 years. It, true, For true, him to be yeah. a kid. So I, I, I don't know. I just kind of wonder what the, what's the DCAU timeline? You know, that's just, it, for us to do this show, that kind of, this is one of the first times that they've really kind of established they've been around for a while. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I always figured that the, much like in the, you know, the DCU before crisis, everybody's frozen at like 32, you know, like that. Yeah. And so, and everyone's been around roughly 10, 12 years like that. And it just shifts, you know, as, as it just, whatever the 12, 13 year mark is, they just move it up a little, you know, cause it's like, Oh, Superman was alive in the sixties and he used to like, uh, you know, deal with hippies. Well, he doesn't know that that's a work anymore. <laughs> so now we, we move it up. So, I always figured these are everyone, every, all the JLUers are like 32, 33, and they've all been around about a decade or so. I just, that, that's always seemingly that's the DC math. To me. Well, and then if you say that the Ultimate are, say, maybe not 20, but in their late teens, if they're 17, 18, 19, then yeah. that right. timeline would work. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll buy that. Uh, so the Wonder Twins, uh, goof up in this reality too. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Downpour almost drowns everyone by turning into a tidal wave. <laughs> which, which I thought was funny. Uh, and Wonder Woman's like, could you, you know, we were just trying to help. It's like, well, you know, could you do it next time without trying to drown me? Uh, but, um, one of my favorite exchanges in this one was Batman to Aquaman. Any chance you could communicate with them about the lava man? <laughs> What'd he say, Rob? <laughs> they look like fish to you. 
as Aquaman just leaning into the skin there. Yep. <laughs> that was great. Uh, Wind Dragon calls the Justice League old chums, which is a nice nod to Batman 66, obviously. And then he freezes the lava men, but somehow he does not freeze the league who are surrounded by them. That's what I'm like. What? <laughs> huh? That's Considering a- that, you know, it would have to be, you know, they're lava men, so the, it would have to be, I, to ice them over, it would be really freezing them. Wouldn't right. it be even more so? Wouldn't the leaguers be even more frozen than the lava men? Yeah, they would just be like, literally just like cracking, like shattering ice at this point, I would think. But <laughs> Batman activated the anti-freeze force shield on his utility belt. Come on, guys. Keep up. Oh, okay, his super okay. thermal B-long underwear, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Come on. It's on, it's on one of the back portions of his belt. You don't see it, but it's there. <laughs> uh, Windragon gives a speech to the oil rig workers about being responsible and Respectful to the planet and all its denizens, which makes this story sound like something straight out of the very PC season one version of the Super Friends, where <laughs> nobody was really a villain. They had good intentions, and they just didn't think about how what they were doing would wreck the environment. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the geek machine has gone crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's funny that Aquaman says he's certainly earnest, but Superman, Superman says, I think the word is corny. Uh, I love how annoyed Superman is through this whole episode. He's just so pissed off. It's great. Well, I think what the whole point is, is that Superman's like, I'm supposed to be the Boy Scout. No, no, I don't think on here. I I think, and I think we're going to get that on here is that. I think this Superman on, on this, the Justice League version of Superman, especially the JLU version, is is much more cynical than your standard Superman. I, and I think that's part of because what happened with Darkseid. Mm. Because he was manipulated by Darkseid and the world turned against him for a while. And I, I think Superman's just got a little bit of a a chip on his shoulder in this, this version. And maybe it's the guys kind of hearkening back to that early scrappier Superman too, you know. But but uh, it is it is kind of funny that Superman is the one. Wonder Woman's definitely in this one uh, the more um, Super Friends-like character <laughs> in this episode, which is is odd, too, considering her characterization in the Hawk and Dove episode we did, where she just had a mat on through that whole episode. I mean, she's much more accepting of these these guys than Hawk and Dove. And yeah, I know everybody's back and joke, yeah, it's Hawk and Dove, that's why, you know? <laughs> I won't say anything. <laughs> Okay, but uh, Long Shadow seems to have a bit of hero worship mixed with puppy love for Wonder Woman, and Juice even says, "Let's go, Romeo," as he as he pulls him away, which I thought was cute. So, yeah, that's a that's a nice that's a nice little bit. Uh, and then we meet Maxwell Lord uh, while being interviewed about the Ultimen, which he represents. Max throws shade on the league for being above people. Uh, this is a thread that will run through this and the next season of JLU mm-hmm. as we build toward distrust of the Justice League and, you know, Cadmus basically, basically making it a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy that <laughs> they basically, uh, not without giving too much away. But uh, so Max is voiced by Tim Matheson, who is probably still best remembered as Otter in Animal House, despite playing the vice president on the West Wing and many other roles. But he's no stranger to voiceover work either, having provided the voice of several Hanna-Barbera characters in the 60s, including the title character in the original Johnny Quest, Young Samson, and Jace on Space Ghost. So, he's got some superhero cred, too. So <laughs> He's perfect, perfectly cast, but, I mean, of course he is. But at the same time, I can't... I, every time I heard Maxwell Lord talk, I kept expecting him to be like, 
<laughs> I'm pre-law. I thought you're pre-med. What's the difference? Like, I just wanted him to slip into some animal houses and all he was talking. But yeah, come on. Could, <laughs> couldn't you see Otter growing up to be Maxwell Lord, though? Mm-hmm. I, I could see it. I, I could completely. Totally completely. Yeah. They, they need to change. They need to change the ending of uh, Animal House where it tells where they all went after they, you know, yeah, after right. school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Madison always kind of plays spoiled D-bags. That's just kind of like his thing. He was that he would he the other movie I think of him the most of is Fletch. He's oh, the, yeah. um, and he, and he's a spoiled rich dude in that movie too. He could be Otter at any point in all these characters in yeah. the same trajectory. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, the leaguers see this telecast on the watchtower, and the shot of them sitting at the meeting table from up above is very much like one scene in the original Super Friends opening title sequence. Yeah, so I, I love it. That, that was a night. They just needed the trouble alert thing in the middle of the table. That's all. That's, that's all they needed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the conversation amongst the members is interesting. Superman is grossed out by Max's sliminess. Batman backs up this claim by saying he's only out for money and glory. But Wonder Woman points out that not everyone is independently wealthy, but she's a princess. Uh, so that's the pot calling the kettle black, Wonder Woman. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Super, the only one here is Superman. He's the closest to working class. And even he's like a high profile reporter. Right. Yeah. Makes a decent amount of money. But he's not like he's not a monarch like two of them. And then a rich guy like third. So <laughs> they probably when, when they're not fighting crime, they're just talking about like real estate deals and, you know, and, and their, their portfolios and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, Aquaman's got a whole kingdom full of, you know, gold and you know i mean he's he, he can, yeah he's not hurting he's, he's not hurting and yeah superman's a farm boy who's he's got a pretty decent job but yeah he's he's definitely the lower income of, the, of that bunch that's true <laughs> <laughs> uh wonder woman continues to promote the idea of working with the ultimate but the guys just don't seem interested they're just like no <laughs> i mean i don't understand why though because right at this stage you have all of these other people coming in so why not them they're willing to work with vibe you know, I mean, <laughs> in vibe and gypsy. Let's let's pick let's pick on Justice League Detroit. Uh, so, but the but the, the ultimate like nah, you know, it's it it is kind of it it is a little odd that they're that resistant to him, I guess. But it 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 works within the episode because you just get the idea that that they've come across just they're so uh, they're they're they are what Booster Gold wants to be. You know, oh, true. You know, they they are popular. They do have merchandise. Mm-hmm. They are going over big with kids and right. And and they're just like, yeah, we don't we don't really want nothing to do with that. So, uh, and then we go to the Ultimate Skyscraper HQ where their penthouse uh, <laughs> looks very familiar, doesn't it, Rob? <laughs> is this uh, is this St. Louis? Is that where this is? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it the the very top of that is very much the Hall of Justice. So it's uh, it's 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 the Union Terminal in it, Cincinnati. Yeah, that's exactly. It's just popped on top of that building. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, downpour is put out by wind dragging. Not mention the others on a TV interview, but Max eases his pain uh, by giving him a royalty check from a water spouting downpour action figure, uh, and we see some of the toys in the background. In a case, uh, think of the for all merch kind segments we could have done in this universe. Oh Rob. man, <laughs> it's awesome! They're all they're all out of package though. That's a little interesting. By the way, is it? I think it's funny that the the the, the twins. I'm just going to call them the twins. 
are playing cards and they're playing with money and the money they're playing with are giant bound stacks of cash. Yes. Like it's not like individual dollars. Like how much are they betting with? And they're like, I'll see and raise you $10,000. Like, why is it all in giant Bugs Bunny as bundles of money? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's funny. It's kind of interesting that the, the twins are, um, you know, that they, if you think about the fact that they're artificial life forms that they made the twins, they're like albino with, right. They got the pointed ears, which of course Zan and Jana did. Right. But it's kind of interesting that they made them look alien, alien, basically, yeah. if they were trying to, you know, hit that, uh, they, they're obviously trying to hit demographics uh-huh. by the other ethnicities of the other characters. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Uh, then we shift to the scene at the prison, and we see Giganta. And this, Cindy, you might remember this. It's the only time we see her in an orange version of her miniskirt dress. It's usually pink. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if somebody got off model, or they were trying to get closer to the classic, you know, cheetah print right. of, or leopard print of, of Giganta, but they still she doesn't have any spots, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rob, do you think the Giganta grod romance... May have been inspired by Super Friends number thirty, which you and Ryan yeah. recently covered on For All Mankind. <laughs> I mean, it feels like such a natural thing to, you know, just like well, she's a former ape and he's a super intelligent ape, so why not? It makes total makes total sense. It as we talked about on that episode, it is confounding to me that Gigana was not used more during the Silver and Bronze Age. That it took post crisis for her to really become like a, you know, a prominent Wonder Woman villain that she's got such a fun power. She's, you know, it's somebody you can, it's somebody that can go toe to toe with a Wonder Woman on a physical level. So I'm glad that she is used more now, but you know, when I did the research for that episode, she's made three appearances. That's it. Since the forties. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Like she's right there. Everybody just use her. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, that is amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think, she was on uh, the Challenge of the Super Friends and then on the Legends of the Superheroes live action specials, but they didn't use her in the comics hardly at all during that period. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. just, it's just kind of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we see a lot of the Long Shadow Giganta rivalry here is definitely inspired by the Challenge of the Super Friends and particularly the episode History of Doom where hers and Apache Chief's origins are linked. Right. You know, she gets the magic powder. Uh, and, and that's how she becomes Gigana on there. She's not a, she's not an evolved ape that can grow or anything on the Super Friends cartoon. But I thought that was kind of, you know, it was kind of neat to have them two run up against each other. And I love the exchange when she first comes up, out of the way, tiny. <laughs> and then, and he says, you were saying, and what's her response, Cindy? Oh, poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was great. That kind of reminded me of we'll, we'll get to we'll get to a similar exchange at the end of this season. Yes. That, that uh, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's in in the in the season finale of of uh, this season. There's there's a fun little kind of similar line from a character like that. Um, and then poor Bizarro, me do anything for a woman I love, even break her boyfriend out of jail. Uh, <laughs> logic sadly not exclusive to Bizarro. You this know? is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been there, Bizarro. I've been there. <laughs> I think this is George Newbern's first time voicing Bizarro because, of course, Tim Daly voiced him on right, Superman right. the Animated Series. So, and oh, what, that's George Newbern as well. 
Yeah, he did the voice of Bizarro. Sure, he's Bizarro, right? Okay, oh, that's that's fun. Yeah, that that you know, I'm sure he thought, oh, cool, I get to do something different today. You know, <laughs> I, I just want to say one thing, and not to be, I don't know, not to be like gross, but like I do got to wonder, like when they did these character designs, if they ever had any problem with the sensors, because like Gigana isn't just Bill, like she's Playboy level Bill, like yeah. The, yeah. The, you know, and it's like. This is a children's cartoon, you know, <laughs> just like, you know, I was, uh, at one point, Wonder Woman, they kind of hide it with the bustier or whatever. But like, you know, Gigantic's chest is like enormous. And you're like, you just got to wonder if they're like, all right, Bruce, cal- calm down. Cal- yeah. You know, they got to scale this down a little bit. Like, this, is, this show was meant for children. What do you do? Bruce, I mean, I, I love Bruce Tim's work. I, the dude's a horn dog. There's no two ways about it. He likes to draw yeah. naked and half naked women. I mean, he just enjoy. I mean, I've got a whole book of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he just he just does. And and yeah. uh, uh, I, yeah, he sneaks as much in as possible. We talked about that with uh, Cersei mm-hmm. in the uh, in the this little piggy episode. How yeah. she was just yeah. pop, popping yeah. out all over it. Yeah, Gigantus just got a very clingy. It seems like it's a very thin dress. Super mini skirt, and yeah, it's yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> she doesn't have any leggings on, so I wonder what the view is from the ground. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cindy, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I thought it, but I did not. Say when, it. Wasn't there a Harvey Birdman yeah. episode about Apache Chief like looking up his loincloth or something? Am I crazy? <laughs> I swear there is. I swear there was a Harvey Birdman episode. Not surprising me at all. Yeah, I, I, I think there was. So some, uh, listeners, let us know. I'm pretty sure. I haven't watched that show in forever, but I, I'm pretty sure that 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 that, that was a thing. Uh, so, so Wonder Woman uppercuts Bizarro, then Long Shadow slaps him like a fly and knocks him into the prison walls. But, but should that knock him out though? He he he's Bizarro, so he's like right. he's like Superman. So this is a not so Bizarro moment, yeah. I guess. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I think he's just demoralized and he just gave up. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's just, yeah. Bizarro just went back to playing with the alien crypto dog and messing with Mitch's Pitlick after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) The scene where Long Shadow tells Wonder Woman his backstory is incredibly sad when you later learn it's all a lie. I mean, oh man, that's just, ugh, rough. Uh, The Ultimate are hooked up to medical beds. And then we see Professor Hamilton. He's once again voiced by Robert Foxworth. And based on what we saw in Fearful Symmetry, we know this is not a good thing. All right. Uh, so, but then even more <laughs> exciting, we meet Amanda Waller. Uh, this is the introduction of, uh, of a character who's going to be huge in this series. Uh, and this is the first time she appeared in media other than comics, but definitely not the last. I Ooh. mean, I mean, anybody remember the fact that she was in the Green Lantern movie with <laughs> Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> Was she? Wasn't I that who Angela? I think that's who Angela Bassett was playing in that movie, wasn't it? Wasn't it Amanda Waller? I think so. I that movie left no impression on my brain after I saw it. And Pam Greer played her on Smallville. Mm. Yeah, and of course we've got the Suicide Squad and right. you know the two Suicide Squad movies, and yeah, so she's everywhere. Uh, she is perfectly voiced by CCH Pounder, best known for roles on the Shield, ER. NCIS New Orleans and Law, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. She would go on to voice Waller in the Batman Arkham video game series and various DC animated films. So she's kind of their go-to Amanda Waller, and why not? Because she just knocks it out of the park. So Andrea Romano got everyone. That's <laughs> I hope John Ostrander gets some nice fat checks from 
you know, creator royalty, just how much she's been used. Right, right. You know, post the comic. I mean, you know, for, for a non-superhero figure, she is, you know, pretty central to the DC the DC cinematic universe. I hope John Trench is making some nice coin out of that. I, I would, I would, uh, I would guess that that based on what other creators have said, he probably does. You know, or I hope. You know, I hope. At least at one point he did. You know, I, I don't know what it is now, but I know at one time, like you know, I, I remember Jim Starlin saying he got more money out of uh, KG Beast, uh, non, you know, the 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 character the. KG Beast, uh, real name character appeared in BVS and he got more money out of that than he had Thanos at that point. So, insane. <laughs> uh, crazily enough, CCH Pounder also provides the voice of Juice. Uh, I saw one claim, source claim that it's Phil Lamar, but he's not listed in the credits in most sources. And everything I saw is, uh, she voiced Juice, who's got a very modulated voice. Right, right. So, I, but really? I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Juice doesn't say a whole lot no. in this episode. So, um, so according to Shifter, Downpour still wets the bed. Uh, it's an easy joke, but it, you know, it, it's kind of funny. And he says, how can I help it if I turn into a puddle in the night? And it, it's it's like a more it's like a more cynical version of the ribbing that the Wonder Twins right. gave each other on the cartoon. The uh, as as you pointed out, Rob on on for all mankind, the comic versions of the Wonder Twins were much more uh, intellectual and refined than the than the cartoon versions. So. Yeah, if they had been like that in the cartoon, I might not have been as kind of anti them as I as I was in the cartoon. I just found them to be kind of just super annoying. <laughs> Much like I find Marvin, but that's, <laughs> uh, you can't hear it really well. But downpour responds to his sister. I saw her turn into Britney Spears the other day. <laughs> that's, right. That's what he's when 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 Long Shadow's listening, trying uh-huh. to listen. That's what he says. I, I didn't even catch it until I had my earbuds in. Oh, okay. Watching the episode, taking notes. Uh, so it, it kind I guess it kind of dates the episode a bit now, but you know, that that's okay. You know, so <laughs> I guess Britney Spears still keeps popping up, you know, but one way or the other. So, uh, so long shadow conveniently developed super herring. At least they established they were getting new powers. Right. right. So, you know, it, at least it wasn't just out of nowhere. Now, this is something that didn't occur to me, I don't think, the first 15 times I watched this, because it's so quick you miss it. But when they break into the lab, we see a mutated bulldog of some kind. Is ah, this, yes. Did you catch that? Is this a sly nod to Wonder Dog? It, it, I, I didn't catch it as that's what it was, but I looked it up in the trivia, and apparently it is. It is their nod to, to Wonder Dog. Yeah, well, wonder where Wendy and Marvin were in this. <laughs> they, they should have made them lab technicians or something, you know? They could have had them in there. <laughs> it's it's a grimmer joke than I don't. I'm not taking it too terribly seriously. It's kind of a grimmer joke than I. I don't know. I didn't love it just because I don't like any anything involving animals in cages. Just bothers me. Even something as silly as this. Yeah. Um. I maybe wish they had found a way to come up with a wonder dog joke that wasn't involved. You know, like a rabid dog in a cage, that kind of thing. But I'm taking it too seriously. Well, it could be it could be worse. It could be like in the the DC comics of the two thousands where they introduced Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog into the Teen Titans comic, and uh, 
Wonder Dog like ate him. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, gosh. Lord. Oh, yeah. God. yeah. I, I think yeah. He, he killed one of them and crippled the other or something. Yeah. Oh, it, oh. Yeah, I'm oh. serious. Yeah, <laughs> and that was pre-New 52. You know, that's the, yeah, so you can't blame it on New 52. It was. Oh, uh, God. Thanks, Dan oh. DeDio. Thanks. You know? <laughs> I'm just going to read my old 70s comics and be happy. No, uh-huh. kid, no kidding. Yeah. Cindy, now I have to ask you this question because. Did it bother you that Shifter is the only one who starts crying and runs into her arms of her brother when she sees the clones? (laughs) (laughs) I knew it did. I knew it would. (laughs) I'm like, what the heck? Just because she happens to have boobs doesn't mean she's a crying mess. Lord. I, I think it would have. I mean, I could almost see Long Shadow freaking out before anybody else did. Exactly. I mean, based on he seems much more sensitive than, yes. than the rest of them. Yeah, so. yeah. You would think he would be the one. I'm just like, break. really, really. Yeah. Uh, so Waller tells Max to bring them back, or I'm calling in the squad to put them down. So that is our first hint of the Suicide Squad. But we won't see them until next season, and then they won't be able to be called the Suicide Squad. For obvious reasons of this being a kids' cartoon, right? And they'll use the Task Force X name mm-hmm. instead. So, but yeah, so she definitely just dropped. You know, anybody, any comic fan, Amanda Waller shows up and says the word "squad." You're like, oh, I know where that's going. Yeah. <laughs> can, they, can they not say the word "suicide" in the kids? I guess that makes sense, right? They don't want that word in the kids. No, cartoon. no, no. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they get away with saying "death" and "kill" on here, but I yeah, think suicide, suicide. Oh yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. it did never even occur to me. Yeah, yeah. So then Windragon captures Max in a tornado and flies him from a parking garage to a rooftop and Downpour captures him in a bubble of water while Shifter threatens to eat him. So we see these kids, they obviously mean business, so. Well, and it's one of those things, it's kind of like, you know, they're starting to spiral into psychosis just a little bit at this point, you know, and yeah. you can see that. It's That's their first sign that, yeah, they're, they're really, of course, you kind of, I mean, you can definitely understand why they're upset. Right, right. But, but, but you know. yeah, they didn't have to go to that extreme mm-hmm. to, to, to do it. Yeah. Uh, so Max lays it all out. Uh, and, you know, again, we said, that, you know, this it, it ostensibly is a kid's cartoon, but the implications of this is pretty heavy uh, for this type of show because, you know, you've got a government that doesn't trust its superheroes and is willing to create people who are loyal to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's some pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> and they're willing to, they're just fodder, you know. Yeah. They literally just replace them. I mean... I, I'm sure, you know, like young kids, like, you know, when Andrew watched this when he was little, it just, you know, oh, these are superheroes and they're fighting and they're flying right. around and they got powers. And, but, you know, the, as you get older and watch these things, and, you know, of course, we were adults when, when this one first aired, but there's still, there's still some pretty heavy ideas <laughs> in this, mm-hmm. in this episode. So, <laughs> but it's, you know, Dwayne McDuffie and J.M. DeMatteis writing it too. So there you go. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered what the, what the first instance in sci-fi or fiction at all, uh, at all uh, is of the idea of clones being used as replacement bodies. Cause mm. that's been in, you know, there's a 70s movie called Parts, The Clonus Horror, which is a terrible movie, but it's that basic idea. And then um, the Michael Bay movie, The Island, yeah. is so close to Parts, The Clonus Horror that they actually got into some legal trouble mm. because it was so copied. And then there's the book uh, turned into a movie, Never Let Me Go, with with uh, Carrie Mulligan and Kira Knightley and Andrew Garfield 
about a bunch of kids who don't know that they are just clones mm. for they're basically um, they're just harvesting parts for 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 like rich people, which is you know probably coming. But uh, like you know, there's no way that there's no way that parts the clonus horror was the first 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 people ever to come up with it. So I wonder where in the history of science fiction and horror that for that idea first came out of like oh clones could be used in this nefarious way. I don't I, I don't know the answer to it, but it's been used so many times. I'm like it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where that. That's a good question. I don't know where that that whole thing started. But yeah, it's it's become such a. I mean, it was already, you know, um, uh, the clones were obviously, you know, in the 70s Spider-Man comics, yep. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and the Clone Wars name dropped in the Star Wars, the first Star Wars film and and, th- and things. Of course, we didn't know what it was. It was just name dropped. But but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how far back that go- that goes. That's a good question. I mean, yeah. that's something. Hey, listeners, if you know where. That's uh, where clones, and especially the aspect of them being harvested for parts or replacing other clones or other people, come from. Let us know because I'd like to know that myself. Yeah, know? I think it was, it was in like some Richard Heinlein novel, you know, from like eighty years ago, and it's just made its way into the culture. I don't know. By the way, the reference to the Clone Wars in the stories movie should have been left as just a reference to the Clone. Wars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Never should have known. We were, we were fine the way we were. Uh, so Long Shadow tries to reason with the others that there are innocent people in the building. But one question: Why are the offices full of people at night? True. I mean, it's like it's not just one or two people working. No, it's a bunch. It's an office full of people. It, it makes me wonder. Did they goof and they should have been like the next morning, mm-hmm. you know, because it's out, it's night outside. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe it was one of those things where, you know, like, oh, well, Batman's there. It's got to be at night. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> it just it seemed odd. It's like, well, why are these? Why are these, these are things I'm thinking of. I guess as a as somebody in the workforce, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be there that late. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> these people have a boss who sends emails that say stuff like. If you don't come in on Saturday, don't bother coming in on Sunday. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess you have to take your chances, but Long Shadow holding you while he scales a building backwards doesn't seem too safe, does it? Well, you can see they're dangling like, oh gosh, you know, like he almost <laughs> drops one. I'm like, dude. I know, it's just, and like, how's he hold? I mean, it doesn't even, uh, that's one thing. It looks like he's like Spider-Man going down the building. He's not like digging his fingers in. And or, I mean, why didn't he have, I mean, he has all that luxurious hair. Why didn't he just have them all hang on to his hair and he use both hands? Yeah, I don't know. Good to point. Go down? Just stand on my shoulders and hang on to my hair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah. like how women complain that their their dresses don't have pockets. Uh, he needs pockets. Right. <laughs> he needs yeah. <some> pockets. <laughs> Well, not only not only dresses, but Cindy and Danny both complain that women don't have functional pockets in their blue jeans. No, <laughs> I mean, good lord! Like I stick my phone in my pocket and it sticks out like three inches. Chris can st- stick his phone in his pocket and it's completely enveloped. You know, fine. <laughs> like why? Uh, what did y'all think of Batman's dual prop whirly bat uh, that uh, Aquaman's hanging on when they fly up? <laughs> It's so goofy looking. I'm glad they didn't show it for too long. It's so, <laughs> I just thought, okay, that's just, they didn't have, a, like, it's silly, but they just didn't have time to kind of, like, Batman it up and make it look kind of cool. Like, it just looks really silly. Well, I mean, I just figured it, it as a nod to the 66. 
You mm. know, that's where I came from. It, you know. Well, I, I or the super friends just because that, saying, you Batman know. had every kind of vehicle that mm-hmm. he needed. You know, if he needed a bat, uh, a bat uh, uh, hydrofoil, he had one. You know, I mean, it just I think I think that was kind of Bruce Tim did say that I forgot where I read that, but he said some fans really gave him grief for for that whirly mm-hmm. bat type thing. It just it didn't. Yeah, and, and it is kind of funny that Aquaman's riding shotgun on it, but I I really wish. We could have got a scene of him in the Invisible Jet with Wonder Woman. Well, and that begs to differ. You know, Aquaman is like, you know, never wants to be involved, but here he is involved in this adventure again. I mean, why did they make that decision to have him come? Yeah, right. Were they just hanging around, just waiting for the call yeah. to? Yeah, it's like, what was? Did, did Aquaman just? Well, I'll just, I'll just hang out at the watchtower until this episode's over, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing else would do. Yeah, it just. I mean, again, this is just them. Like, we want the super friends in this episode. So, <laughs> I mean, excuse me. Aquaman has very few villains, and when uh, both Black Mana and Ocean Master are in. Uh, Atlantis jail. He has nothing to do until they break out again. <laughs> oh, there you go. He's good. He's all good. <laughs> uh, I'm glad Batman points out that the Ultimate Men aren't making any sense because they clearly aren't. I mean, they just jump for, uh, you know, uh, they just jump to attacking them and they say, you know, they're like, they can't help us. You know, you don't think the gods that live in a floating city can help you with your scientific problem. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if anybody can help you, it would be the Justice League. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, but they established they're not thinking clearly. So, I mean, that's fine. But it's just like, yeah, clearly these are the people that could help you. I mean, they are they have a, access to alien technology, they, they, the most advanced technology, uh, you know, on Earth. And, you know, they're... Uh, yeah, they could, they could, if they could help you, I think. But uh, uh, again, not thinking clearly, downpour turns into water and attacks Aquaman. What the? Heck? <laughs> so, what did you think about that, Rob? It's a great scene. I love when uh, Aquaman slices the desk in half with his yeah. hook. Uh, you know, I mean, we all know when I tell you about the hook, we don't need to get into it again. But I mean, it looked cool. Like he just looked. Badass, you know, he's just like thunk, okay, right through it, and you know, again, yeah, attacking Aquaman with water, good plan, yeah, <laughs> it's like that'll never work. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, come on. I, I, I liked how he swung around, uh, you know, uh, shifter and knocked her out in her big T Rex form, and and then of course, uh, downpour gets mad, and you know, do you hurt? Nobody hurts my sister, and he blasts him with water again, and and I love his his line with his arched eyebrow, you know, it's just <laughs> king of the seas. Remember, <laughs> just mm-hmm. okay. uh, then we get a call back to Aquaman's debut on Justice League, which you helped discover, Rob, because Shifter decides to come up and just punch around on Aquaman, and he just backhands him like he did Green Lantern. That's great. <laughs> Just doesn't have time. Forget it. Yeah, yeah. Good thing he used his regular hand, not his hook hand. So. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> there goes the head. Okay. Which so, I, I, nah, they're just clones anyway. What's the difference? That's right. Oh. They got other bodies laying around. Um, I, now, I, I think, Rob, that I think we established this last time you were on. It, of, of all the different... We know you prefer classic Aquaman, as we do, too. But if you got to have hook-handed Aquaman... The Justice League hook-handed Aquaman's your favorite, right? This is the, absolutely the best version of that take on the character, yes. Okay. 
I thought so. I just want to make sure you're you're completely, completely. okay. Yeah, that that you hadn't changed your mind between no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, Batman takes out Juice by knocking him, in, knocking him into some of the water pipes, which then burst. And then we get to hear Kevin Conroy say one of Adam West's famous phrases because he says, "Lights out, old chum." <laughs> you know. So. I didn't like who the delivery though. Why? Because at the beginning of it, it was Wind Dragon that said "old chum." That's true. To Superman, and then I mean, it doesn't make sense that Batman would be the one saying it to a different character. Mm. I mean, it doesn't translate. They should have matched that up better. Maybe they that might have been one of those cases where the script changed in one place but didn't change in the other, I wonder. Because I'm just like, that. it really didn't make sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Wind Dragon tries to suck the air out of Superman's lungs, which again brings up that whole uh, Superman can't breathe out in space and uh, has to, you know, I, I don't like that. But anyway, uh, but, but Long Shadow steps in and tries to reason with him. But again... Why wouldn't he be suffocating, too? Mm-hmm. He's right in front of it. Why isn't he sucking the air out of his lungs? You know, so. Uh, but that's okay. The physics of Wind Dragon's powers make absolutely no sense. No. <laughs> so. I know, I know we're trying to apply physics to superheroes, but. You know, come on. You know, it's, it, it's not, it's not Superman for him taking Meryl Hemingway out into space. Ooh. It's not, it's not that. I had to bring up Superman for just to hear Rob do that. Yeah. <laughs> God. That's it. Done. Bye. Thank Click. you. Not doing electricity is evil. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Waller rolls up and says, we'll take him from here. The ultimate belong to us. And uh, Max instantly goes into PR mode, calling it a poor choice of words and that they'll take care of them. Uh, I think Max should work for the White House. That's just, uh, you know, it's just like he can, or, or maybe he should have in a previous administration. administration yeah, there you go. I think he's busy uh, trying to take over Twitter right now. Yeah, probably. Oh. There you go. <laughs> That's true. Uh, when they refuse to let Long Shadow be taken, Waller tells her soldiers to take off their safeties on their guns. And, of course, they point them at Wonder Woman, who's standing in front of Long Shadow. And then Superman and Aquaman stand in front of Wonder Woman. And I'm sure you appreciate that Aquaman's being depicted so powerful here, Rob. Oh, yeah, it's great. He He's of a piece with these other three, which is great. It's always how I saw him because of because of the original Super Friends cartoon. So, yeah, I, I, I love him here. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's I mean, I like that, that they remember. Oh, yeah, Aquaman's like, you know, he could probably take a blast from this thing because of the pressures of the ocean. And, right. You know, so that's, they, you know, they forget that sometimes writers do, but that's that's a nice nod. And then, of course, we get Batman's great line with that, as my mom would say, shit-eating grin on his face. (laughs) Mine are bigger than yours. It's just... (laughs) I love it. He's got this just big, exaggerated... Half, you know, grin on one right. side of his mouth. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. But then Waller gets her dig in. He's free to go with you for however long he's got. And it's like, ouch. <laughs> but here's the problem that I have with this episode right here. Okay. Why on earth are they willing to let somebody who they don't know who the crap they are take the others into custody? Well, I mean, I, that's a good point. I mean, it does kind of make you wonder why they didn't like immediately like just confront them right there because I mean, come on, they know they've got other bodies of them too waiting. And just... Come on, 
do. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to protect all people, not just the one that's got the crush on Wonder Woman. <laughs> I mean, they do. I mean, I, I guess, you know, they had to step lightly because they did. They were with the government. So how do they know that? Well, that's true. They just said, oh, we're with the government. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about Batman, Mr. Suspicious. Sure, I'll take your word from it, lady I've never met before that just threatened me. Well, we see later that they're they're digging into them. They, they, they investigate what's going on with them, but, you know. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Obviously, Cindy has a problem with this. It did occur to me. It did occur to me that they did kind of seem to let them go a little... Easier I don't it. like them, so who cares? They're going to be chum. It's fine. Yeah, they're they're going to die, but they they forget that you know he's Long Shadow has told them the name Cadmus and that the fact they had cloned bodies and so yeah they but this well they'll they'll learn their lesson because this will come back and bite them in the rear too. Good. So, <laughs> uh, but she really drops Swallow really drops the bomb by telling Batman not to probe this situation too closely. Rich boy. Yeah. It's like, and Batman's eyes get boom, real big, but... Uh, All right, now, can I say that's my only problem with this whole episode? Is okay. Batman's reaction? Batman should never, ever reveal that he is shocked to mm. an adversary, ever. Mm-hmm. Now, he can be personally shocked that they know who he is, but I think his reaction would be more to squint his eyes in anger, not go, what? Batman <laughs> is too cool for that. Batman is too. I know that we you know Chris. You and I have talked about other. We don't like the infallible Bat God mm-hmm. that he's turned into, but I think Batman should never ever reveal that he is shocked that any like maybe to his friends, but never to an adversary. And when his eyes go big like that, I'm like that Batman's too cool for that. Batman would just kind of like grit his teeth and be like, okay, all right, they they know who I am. He would never let an adversary know that they've they got the drop on. him. Yep. Well, that's true, and plus, by doing that, he kind of just confirmed what she, what yeah, she said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. So, so do we? Do we think that? You know, at this point, does she know? I mean, she let, does now. She, yeah. Does she know he's Bruce Wayne, or does she just reason that he's rich because of you know mm-hmm. the money that Batman has to spend? No, she yeah. knows. She yeah, knows. I, I kind of get that too. Yeah, but why does it again? Why doesn't she act on it? You know, why doesn't she act on it right now? Sometimes a known secret is better than the known truth. Well, that's true. She can use it against him, leverage, if she needs to. But how yeah. do you think wars are lost and won? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's a heavy, heavy philosophy on us at the end of the episode. <laughs> Sorry. Well, truth, though. Then we go to the Watchtower, and uh, they take Long Shadow there, and he sees, we see tiny figures of Dr. Light, Aztec, Nemesis, Ice Star Man, The Ray, Steel, Supergirl, Crimson Fox, I think that's Our Man, Hawk and Dove, Gypsy, Booster Gold, Adam Smasher, Fire, Elongated Man, and I forgot to write down, but the, the Shining Knights there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so that's a nice little... Welcome to the Justice League, and here's all these tiny little figures. It's just fun to point out yeah. the characters you see in the background. But but again, and I mean, honestly, it crossed my mind, too. And I mean, I know Long Shadow is, uh, he seems like a very genuinely good person. But again, they saw that the cell, the, 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 the cellular, cellular degeneration, mm-hmm. what it did to them, also, I mean, that could be a problem. I mean, I know they want to help him. 
But also, how do they know he's not a plant? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they they didn't stage all this, and oh, we'll have you guys go bad, but he'll side with the Justice League, and then they'll take him in, you mm-hmm. know? Because this could have easily turned, went in that direction. Mm-hmm. And he could have been, you know... You know, the question is over here in the corner in his little room going, what are you people doing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, especially since he was involved in the previous uh-huh. Cadmus story. Yeah, and he'll be really involved later. Um, so we haven't seen the last of the Ultimate, and that's all I'll say because I know some of our listeners here are watching this series along with us for the first time, which is great. And yeah, I, you know, it's very, awesome. very, very cool that they're doing that, or they've been watching it for the first time in a long time. Uh, but yeah, we, we haven't seen the last of them, and 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 I think Cindy, you know, I think the Justice League did make a bad. A bad judgment call today. Yeah, it's going to bite him in the rear later. So it should, dumbasses. <laughs> but but that's the thing. I mean, they they screw up on this yeah. show. They screw up and and they create some of their own problems. You know, and and the the way the public perceives them on this show. And again, pretty deep stuff for you know what's supposed to be selling a toy line, right? So. <laughs> So, uh, how about our superlatives, guys? Power action feature. For power action feature. Rob, did you, did you have a power action feature that stood out to you? Um, you, you know what? This isn't exactly that, but you guys didn't mention it, and I, I wanted to bring it up. The scene with, uh, what, what's Juice? Is that his name? Yeah. The, well, I can never remember his The Black Vulcan name. pastiche, the, yeah. The, yeah. The, the scene with Batman and Juice is, uh, you guys are more knowledgeable about the show than I am. I haven't, there's a bunch I haven't seen in a really long time but the scene with batman and juice is to me the most kind of like batman-esque scene where he's like lurking in the shadows kind of thing Mm -hmm. and there's that thing where like juice is looking for him and you see batman in the foreground run viral fast find some pipes and then Mm -hmm. he jumps out of the shadows like so to me it's like that's batman being super Mm batman-y which i really like it's very you know it's very the dark knight very uh, christopher nolan batman kind of thing and so i really again it's not exactly yeah, the, the 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 this category, but to me that's what I thought. It's like, oh, that's that's like the best version of Batman of him, him lurking in the shadows and using the darkness as an advantage to take over somebody who obviously has a lot more powers than he does. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I mean they they do a good job. I mean, it, I think they consciously try to put some moments with Batman like that in maybe not every episode, but every so often to remind people that you know this is Batman shtick and. And I mean, I, I, I honestly, I think um, some of the some of the Batman films. I mean, by the time The Dark Knight Rises come out, Nolan had forgot that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, there wasn't a whole lot of moments like that with Batman uh, in that film. I mean, there's a plenty of them in Batman Begins, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and they established that. But yeah, so I mean, they they do a good job of, of sprinkling that in. I I that was that was a nice scene. I like that. Yeah. Did you? What was your Cindy? I mean. Honestly, I loved the power action, like King of the Seven Seas. Remember, yeah. it didn't even have to. It was like you know, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, uh, I, I'd either pick that one or the Bizarro. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman Long Shadow team up on Bizarro was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. That was that was a nice bit. Rotating chairperson. So for rotating chairperson, who's the leaguer that stood out for you in this one, Rob? Well, it's not got to be Aquaman just because he's the, you know, he's Aquaman. Anytime he shows up, uh, I'm always, I'm always happy there. And it's just, it's cool seeing him with his super friend's pal. So I got to give it to him. 
Of course, of course. What about you, Cindy? Wonder Woman. You know, even Wonder Woman? Yeah. Yeah. She's more level-headed in this mm-hmm. one. With the, the guys are kind of like, Ugh. you know, she's she's thinking things through a little, a little bit more. Oh, kind of typical there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but like I said, that's that's opposed to her portrayal early in this season. But we said she was kind of out of character in that right. one. You know, just yeah, she was that way to just kind of prove, you know, Ares point and then go against it basically. Right. Yeah. So Justice League communicator. Justice League communicator. Man, there are some some great lines in this one. What, what was your favorite, Rob? Um, I'm probably King of the Seven Seas. Remember like that is a great, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then Aquaman just backhanding. That's not a line, but just, it's a character moment of him just, just standing there ramrod straight. And just, <laughs> although Bizarro's line about, uh, you know, freaking his girlfriend's boyfriend out of jail is like strikes very close to home. That kind of sad <laughs> sack. <laughs> 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 I'll just be your friend. It's okay. <laughs> what about you, Cindy? Oh, poop. Oh, poop. <laughs> well, just, to, just so we all stick with our own characters, mine is mine are bigger than yours. So, so there you go. <laughs> comic connections. For comic connections, uh, I couldn't think of, I mean, the comic connection here is more of a cartoon connection, obviously. This is a huge homage to the Super Friends, which I feel Tim had somewhat of a love-hate relationship with, because I, I think Bruce Tim was, he was a kid when the Super Friends came out, but, but he, he was probably like, you know, 10 or 11 or something like that when it, when it, when it came on, I think. So, you know, he wasn't like a young, young kid when it debuted, and I, I think he was always kind of, railing against the super friends like no our show isn't the super friends our show has more adult themes it's the animation's better the story right the writing's better right you know? uh we don't want the the that's one reason he resisted doing justice league for so long he didn't want to do the super friends but i think at the same time he he acknowledged the fact that it's a huge uh you know it's a huge part of the the popularity of the dc characters especially outside the comics. So I, I think they, you know, they, they, I, I think he felt like he, they probably, you know, should do some kind of, you they know. They just needed to invert Batman's symbol and it'd been all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't have a yellow oval, you know, well, yeah, on this true, one. So true. he can't. Oh, they should have had a scene where like, there was like two Batmans. <laughs> There's like one right? in the foreground and one in the background or something. Yeah. <laughs> they're sitting at the table and there's another Batman standing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I look, and I know they were not looking to, they weren't parodying super friends. They were homaging it. So, and the show was never going to go this far, but it just, it would have been kind of fun if they had maybe given 30 seconds to doing like a PSA at the end. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Aquaman teaches you how to talk to a dog, strange dog. or something. <laughs> Or you can teach your party favors, like take a bunch of beans and put them in two two paper plates and glue them together. Now you've got maracas. You know that that you know what they really could should have done is had a little moment with the a PSA on TV with the Ultimate. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. That would have been that would have been great. Even if they you know they were watching, they actually had a good point. You know, they could have been watching TV when they were all sitting around and it could have been playing. Yeah. You know? And I, I get that yeah. those, they are so wrapped up in their own fame that they would have been sitting, well, except maybe Long Shadow, sitting around 
watching themselves on TV. Right. I mean, they definitely would have been doing that's that. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah, it was. It was. That was. That, yeah, that's been good. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Electricity is evil. Electricity is evil. Uh, we haven't used this category every uh, episode this season because it hasn't showed up, but we have juice in this show, so it was bound to return here. And I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of thought the most evil moment is when he just shocks Longshadow. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even really wait for word from Wind Dragon. No. He just, he just does it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, man, harsh. He's like, you're either with us or against us, and... He doesn't even let him, he kind of looks back at the Justice League and back at them again, and as he looks back at the Justice League, he just shocks him. Yeah. It's just like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so. When the uh, the Ultimate and the Super Friends squared off one by one, they really missed the opportunity to have Juice versus Superman, and then it could have been Electricity is, is evil. Yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the electrified great. Oh my god. I'll never that's that's the absolute worst. It's like Superman can't pick up an electrified great. Okay. That dead shot rigged up. Oh my god. <laughs> Just uh yeah. But uh so what are your overall thoughts on this one, guys, Rob? I think it's terrific. It's again, I, I like the I like that it's a reference that if you get it, you get it, but it doesn't you can enjoy the episode without getting it. You right. know, it works completely on its own. It doesn't, you know. So I love Aquaman is in it. I think it's a fun story. It's kind of dark for even, you know, the show went a little heavy. But even then, this idea of using clones as, like, replacement parts is a dark story for a kid's cartoon. So I think it's a completely solid episode. Cindy? I, I mean, again, like Rob said, you know, if you get it, you get it. And, you know, but you can enjoy it without knowing all the little things, you know. Yeah, and that's and I, if I remember right, when this one when this one came out, there were some people that didn't get it. They didn't yeah. they didn't understand. I mean, they and it didn't t- t- take away from the episode. Mm-mm. These were just another as just a group of heroes that the government created. The fact that they're an homage to those Super Friends characters is just another layer, right? You know, it's it doesn't. I mean, it's it's obviously the intent, but it doesn't take away from the story if you don't know it so and of course we further the cadmus storyline and we're introduced to one of its primary architects who will become increasingly more prominent in the next Mm -hmm. season but yeah so i I really i mean yes the ending there is a little like you brought up cindy it's a little like would they have let them just take them away but it's gonna come back there's repercussions for what they did here right so i think in some ways it's okay because it's like you know they didn't expect those people to roll up and, you know, mm-hmm. even the Justice League can get caught off guard sometimes and not know how to react. So, but the thanks as always for stopping by, Rob. Uh, I just, as soon as this episode, the thought of covering this one come up, I said, Oh, we got to get Rob on this one because it's got the, it's got Aquaman and a Super Friends reference. So we, you know, it's, it's, it had to, it had to be. So I, I it's I, only you. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know how much I love the show, and I'm always happy to be part of it. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just great to have you. So uh, tell folks where they can find you on uh, the interwebs, as if they can't just you know wait a couple days for a yeah, show right. up here, right? So <laughs> <laughs> this is a Monday when people are listening to this. So I guess Wednesday will be the next time. Yeah, just 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 keep the fire and water feed going long enough, and eventually I'll pop up. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, special thanks to our Patreon supporters for information on how you can support the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Visit patreon.com slash fwpodcast. You can support our show and Rob's shows and everybody else's shows. Especially ours, though. Yeah, <laughs> and special yeah, thanks to those fair. folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Extra special thanks to Jorge Luis Castillo, Matt Ryan, Neil Whitney, Jeff Owens of the Classic Horrors Club Podcast, and our latest addition to the Watchtower, David Capone, for specifically supporting JLU Cast. Guys, we've got some clone bodies in case yours worn out. We've got them ready, you know, so, <laughs> so there you go. It might be thinner. Can I get a thinner one? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get one with more hair? That's what I want. <laughs> Oh, next time it's a huge hero extravaganza as the whole league joins forces to take out an ever-growing problem, but maybe you just need to think a little smaller. So see you then. Bye. Bye. Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman and Robin, Aquaman, Black Vulcan, Samurai, Apache Chief, El Dorado. Together they form the world's greatest force, dedicated to truth, peace, and justice for all mankind. These are the Superfriends. JLU Cast is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises worldwide and is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders, and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue Mommy and Dad. Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at firewaterpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for JLUcast and FW Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter by using the hashtag FW Podcast. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to JLUcast. Never approach a strange animal. If you are bitten by a dog or any other animal, have your parents wash the wound completely and then apply antiseptic and a clean bandage. Thank you, Samurai. Now we have to call the dog's owner or the Humane Society right away. It is very important to find out if the dog has had his rabies shots.